Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. I wrote a book uh, several years ago, um, back in the in the 90s. Um, it was called A Promise is a Promise. And it was the story of um, a woman... Um, who was taking care of her daughter who was in a coma. Um, <clears throat> it was about a, uh, the woman, her name was Kay O'Bara, and she um, was taking care of her, her daughter. Her daughter slipped into a coma on the 3rd of January in 1970 uh, when she was 17 years old. Um, she was uh, a diabetic, and she uh, had taken an oral form of insulin, and she got the flu, and then uh, and she uh, vomited up all of her... Uh, her insulin, and so she slipped into this coma. And as she was slipping into the coma, um, she said to her mother, you won't leave me, will you? You won't leave me. And the last words her mother said to her, she said, no, I will never leave you. I, I, I promise. And a promise is a promise. <clears throat> so I read about her. It was 25 years after that, in 1995, that I read a story about her in the in the newspaper down in Florida at my home. And... Um, I was just so touched by this woman's selfless dedication to her daughter and living up to her promise that she had uh, actually sat next to her and put her in, into her home and, uh, and would feed her through a tube and so on and, uh, and refused to have uh, life support uh, removed from, uh, from her because she knew that uh, she would starve to death and she just couldn't bring herself to do that. And, and uh, <clears throat> so she stayed in the coma. Um, and the and the mother just slept in a chair next to her for 25 years, um, and then uh, I I got to know the family. I sent them a copy of one of my books that I had written, a book called Real Magic, and and <clears throat> went down to visit them in Miami a lot. And spent a lot of time with them, uh, and decided to write this book and to have all of the proceeds, all of the profits, all of the royalties and everything go directly to the family to help them with it. And then Kay died about uh, oh maybe. Uh, four or five years ago, and meanwhile, Eduarda was still in the coma, um, <clears throat> and uh, her sister uh, Colleen, um, who had been in, actually had been in, incarcerated, um, and, and she had gotten herself addicted to uh, to some kind of drugs. I'm not sure what they were, but um, she had uh, gotten herself into trouble with the law. And uh, when Kay got very sick, uh, she got she came out of jail, and she just felt that Eduarda had saved her life. Her, her sister's life. Um, and then after Kay died, Edward, uh, Colleen took care of her up until um, th the day before Thanksgiving. And then uh, I, Colleen called me. And uh, she said I was the first person that she called. And um, Edward passed away on uh, the, t um, I think the 20th of, of November. It might have been the 21st at 7.15 in the morning, which is the middle of the night here when she called and, and told me. So it's just uh, so she was in a coma from 1970 until um, 2012. Um, wow! So and she, yeah, she was almost 60 years old. She was 58 or 59 years old, and they had taken care of her since she was a teenager. And there were many amazing stories about this uh, woman. One one time, my son uh, Sands, who was about 11 or 12 at the time. Uh, was taking a shower and he came running out of the shower with a towel wrapped around him and said, "Mom, Mom, Dad, Dad, you're not going to believe it. I saw Edwarda. She was in. She came into the bathroom, uh, and I saw her. I saw her in my shower and uh, 
And there were other people who had reported uh, these kinds of visitations from her and had done healings with her and so on. So I wrote about a lot of those things in the book. It's called The Promise is a Promise. And uh, um, But anyway, a lot of people have asked me about her and so on, but um, she left this earthly plane. And Colleen, who has taken care of her now for the last five or six years, um, we're talking 24-7 here. This is, you know, someone who has to be cared for continuously. And... Um, she just couldn't believe that she wasn't uh, that she wasn't uh, still alive. Um, she just thought that she was just resting. <laughs> uh, when the nurse, uh, they had a nurse that would come in uh, uh, three or four times a week. She came in and said, "No, she finally passed in the middle of the night." So, I think it might be the longest anybody has ever stayed in a coma and uh, uh, you know and stayed alive. Wow. wow! No, I've never heard of that of someone lasting that long in that mm-hmm. state. Forty-three years. Wow. For 42 years. And just the family taking care of her for so long, that's just incredible. Just in, just an incredible display of uh, of unconditional love and a commitment to living up to a promise because um, Medicare or Medicaid or whatever it is wouldn't provide for it, um, wouldn't, wouldn't allow. Uh, for some reason, the funding wasn't going to be allowed. Um, if, uh, if, unless she was in a hospital and they wouldn't put her in a hospital because they just, uh, felt that they wouldn't be there in contact with them. So we used to go to her home all the time and my daughter would sing for them and we would all just talk. And I always swore that, uh, oh, oh, Colleen would, or that Edwarda would, would know when I was there. I, I would just sense a smile from her and, uh, an amazing story. It's, uh, <coughs> um, so anyway, and that book, the the book is still out there, and of course, all of the proceeds still go to the family, and and I'm going to be helping them with the with the funeral and all of that because they have no, absolutely no money. They just uh, depended upon uh, on contributions. That's the only way they were able to sustain it and keep the food and so on. They had a doctor; his name was Doctor Chaikin, and he didn't he never charged for any of the service that he offered. Um, for his uh, just a beautiful man who never charged them anything, but. We were always doing fundraising for them. At many of my speeches, I would leave, um, I would tell her story and just leave a, a little box on the on the stage, and uh, people would come and put money in, and we would always make sure that she got it. And uh, anyway, so it was kind of a, a an interesting morning to to to, to get that to call be, totally unexpected. Yeah, and I was such a I was such a, they were such a big part of my life. In fact, in my book uh, that I'm writing now, I can see clearly now. I tell the story of what. Uh, uh, just to be able to be around people who are so selfless and who give so much. Um, I remember when Kay uh, had her birthday and I gave her a set of uh, a pearl necklace that cost a few thousand dollars and she, she just uh, couldn't bring herself to uh, to keep them. I mean, she just was, she just kept insisting, no, I have to, uh, this is for Eduardo, I'm going to, I'm going to sell them and, uh, and all of that. And I said, no, you're not selling these. Okay. <laughs> Whatever it was. Uh, the, just anyway, they were just a beautiful, beautiful family, the Obera family. So many wow, prayers a, go out there. What for a lesson yeah. for us mm-hmm. about keeping your promises. Yeah, it was one of my first book uh, books with uh, Hay House. I'm, uh, I'm feverishly uh, searching the Hay House site right now <laughs> and to it was see the if first it's still there. That it, oh, there it definitely is. It's now out in paperback. It was out in hardcover, um, but it was. Um, it was the first book, it was the first time for me that I had, uh, you know, and any writing that I'd ever done or any royalties that I'd ever received, 
or any profits from my writing, I always just, I invested or I made a part of my, gave to my family and things like this. This was the first time that I took uh, this God-given talent that I've been given, the ability to write, and and devoted it to uh, writing for somebody else and having all of the proceeds and everything go to them. And it really was one of those moments of shifting in my life where I, st- I, I wasn't doing something for me, for Wayne Dyer, and what, what could come my way. But I was, uh, and I, I remember going away and, uh, and uh, renting a place to stay. I stayed for about a month, and I interviewed Kay and everybody associated with it and listened to all of the recordings. But uh, it was one of the most pleasurable writing experiences, maybe the most pleasurable writing experience I've ever had. Um, because it was all about giving. It was all, I knew that every single thing that I was doing here and devoting this amount of time and, and so on to was, was, um, was in the, in the, in the category of just offering and serving and, and, and doing something not because of what's in it for me, but, um, how I might serve someone else. It's that I've spoken many times about the mantra of the, of the ego is always uh, more, 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 and what's in it for me, what's in it for me. And the mantra of the higher self, <clears throat> the highest self, is uh, how may I serve? What may I do and, and keep myself out of it? And that was one of the uh, beginnings for me of uh, putting much more of my emphasis in my life on, on serving rather than on thinking about what I might get for it. Wow, that's a beautiful Ed- story. Was a great. she was a great teacher, and so was Kay. Um, but you have to imagine, Diane, uh, having a daughter um, that's in a coma from the time that she's 17 years old and a senior in high school and um, and staying next to her um, and, and sitting up in a chair for 25 years and never getting a night's sleep in a bed because she had to be turned and she had to be fed every three hours uh, and given her medicine and so on to keep her alive. I can't even imagine that. How many yeah. times that she'd want to just give up and... Yeah, there was no giving up in her. She was a, I had many, many wonderful uh, evenings and, um, and many meals and so on. And, um, many wonderful times over in, the, in that room with Eduarda lying there and you know, talking to her and singing to her and uh, bringing gifts and so on. So every year in March on in her birthday, she would have uh, this this party and people would come because I put it on, on TV. And in fact, I told Oprah about it. So Oprah came down and interviewed her, um, uh, quite a few years ago when she had her, you know, her own uh, TV show, a uh, daily show. And she put her on there. And, uh, and so the world was really knowing about her and, and people would fly from all over the world to come and see her. And many people felt that they had, uh, spiritual experiences. And Kay was absolutely convinced that Eduardo would, when, when everyone else would go off to sleep, that her spirit would leave and go out and do healing work and uh, and things like that and and I know for certain that my son saw her because he, he he's not the kind of he wasn't the kind of kid and he still isn't he's 25 years old now but I think when he was a young boy um, who who believed in any of this stuff you know he uh, but boy he came running out of there and uh, and named her and said that she was there so, that's amazing yeah well I did find Great a book, book on the Hay did House you? website. It's available, <laughs> and it's on sale right now, twenty percent off. Is it? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. for nine dollars and fifty six cents, you can add this one. To you your can collection. read the story. It's a wonderful story, and when you're buying it, know that the royalties and the and the proceeds and all of that all will go to 
helping uh, get, get that get Colleen. She's lost her mother now. Her father passed away uh, at about three or four years into the uh, coma. Uh, he just couldn't deal with it. It was just so such a struggle for him to to. But the mother stayed with it and stayed with it. And she passed away in her sleep a few years ago. And and beautiful Colleen, who when I talked to her the other morning, she was sobbing and she was saying, "You don't understand, Wayne." She said, "You just don't understand." She saved my life. She said, "I was using drugs and I was stealing and I was in trouble and all of that." And she she gave me a reason to live, uh, to serve her and to take care of her. And she said, "I don't." And then she was trying to. She was going through all of this inner pain about. Um, I wonder if I, maybe I didn't do something right. Maybe I, I, I didn't put her medicine in right. Maybe I, I hope I didn't do anything to cause her to, you know, she's so, yeah, beautiful wow. Well, story. that'll beautiful. bring uh, that yeah. story back to light and mm -hmm. uh, people can, can check it out and, and read it for themselves. It's right. amazing. Yeah. Wow. So that's it. I wanted I'm to make that announcement. I'm definitely thankful, you know, yeah. for what I have after hearing that. Yeah, you might want to read that. It's a wonderful story. You can read it in just a few hours. My wife actually wrote a chapter in there as well. It's the first time she'd ever published anything. Wow. Well, we'll have people check that out. A promise is a promise. A promise is a promise, right. Okay. And we still have some time for calls. You want sure, to grab let's some do that. people? Mm -hmm. Yes, I'd okay. like to. Let's see. Where should we go first? Uh, let's go start at line number one. Let's go to Jackie in Philadelphia. Hi, Jackie. Thanks for holding. You're on with Dr. Wayne Dyer. Hi, can you hear me? Sure can. Hello. Oh, hi, hi Jackie. Wayne. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, my goodness. I'm shaking. Diana. And we're off to Philadelphia in the morning. Do you know that song? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, ner I'm not nervous. I'm just so excited. I said if I get through, then I have to tell you, know, tell you what I wanted to tell you. But I want to start out by saying I'm a big fan. I've oh, thank you. For many years, read your books. Listen to Hay House every week to your program because mm -hmm. it gets me through my week. Oh, uh, that's nice. And, Diane, mm -hmm. thank you for being there to help us get through it. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, Wayne, I said yes, if dear. I got through to this call, and it's so ironic that you were telling this wonderful story as you started today, that I mm. want to tell you this only because this is hurting my heart so much. And because of the love and the wisdom that you, you know, impart to us about relationships, that I just want to tell you this really quick and ask for your loving uh, wisdom about it. Over the Thanksgiving holiday uh, at my daughter-in-law's house, my daughter and daughter-in-law had a had a dispute, and they, you know, they had a shouting fight, and um, it was very upsetting. My my teenage granddaughters were there and felt very sad. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you know, I'm praying for peace, you know, to, to happen. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, my daughter, after everything, you know, we left, she was angry with me because she said that I didn't stick up for her. I wasn't in her corner, and I should have said, how dare she say those things to you. And I just kind of don't react that way. I'm more of like a peacemaker. Right. I just want to see everyone be at peace. But if my daughter's telling me that this is hurting her so much, because I'm not responding that way, I'm wondering what would be the more loving thing to do. And because I'm emotionally a little upset right now, I, I can't seem to pull on that. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> the the loving thing to do is uh, <clears throat> is exactly what you did do, which is to not take sides and to just be an instrument of peace. 
um, and to uh, and to try to have your daughter understand that um, you know that she doesn't need to have your approval or your support in order for her to feel good because uh, or to feel better because but basically what she's saying to you um, behind all of it is mom if only you were different uh, in that moment then I wouldn't have to be so unhappy and 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 she needs to understand that her unhappiness didn't come from the fact that you didn't support her her unhappiness comes from uh, from the fact that she allowed herself to get into a shouting match with her with her uh, what what is she her sister-in-law yeah. Um, yeah so um, you know when you if you start going in there and apologizing and all that but basically what you're doing is teaching her that her emotional upsetness is the result of uh, what you did or didn't do and she needs to really know and understand that that's just that's just not the way it is. I always think that, you know, like you take a situation like that and uh, she's in the midst of a shouting match and um, and then she gets uh, all upset and there's a, uh, you know, that you really are in that, in that, in the role that you're in there with her, you're really nothing more than just a, a reflection of what it is that uh, she is, uh, what, she, what she is sending out there. In other words, uh, I always tell people, look, look, go stand in front of a mirror and look in front of the mirror and frown. And then ask yourself, in order to make that frown go away on the person that I'm looking at in the mirror, do I go up to the reflection and and, cha and try to make the mouth go up uh, in, in order to make me feel better? Well, the fact is that uh, you know you don't go to the mirror and, and look at the frown in the mirror because there's nothing there. It's, it's just a reflection of who you are. You, her anger towards you is just her. Her uh, it's just a reflection of something that she is doing to herself, and she really needs to know that um, you know that your love for her has nothing to do with whether you agree or don't agree with the people in a shouting match, and that you had just as much love and care and concern for your your son's wife as you do for your own daughter, and that it's not about choosing sides. I mean, that's, that's the way I would look at it from a logical point of view. Now, there's a lot of emotion that gets involved in family, and it's like, you're not supporting me, and you didn't do this, and that's the reason that I'm unhappy. But that's no different than saying the reason that I see a frown in the mirror uh, is because I can't get the reflection to, to, to be what I want it to be. When she starts realizing that, that um, you know, that you don't have, she, you should, she shouldn't be giving you that kind of power. Uh, and you certainly don't want to have that kind of power. Now you've got to always watch out every time that she might be getting upset because of the way that you're reacting. And we need to always be responsible for how we're feeling ourselves and not putting it on anybody else, even if it's your own mother or your own child and so on. That's the way I see it. Well, Wayne, I have to say thank you so much for this because um, I'm so emotionally upset because she felt as if she wanted to cut me off in a way like she was saying you know i won't talk to you unless you do this but i just kept praying and i said mm. wow i can't believe that I'm, i got through to wayne today because at least mm. i can feel you know that when you give your advice like this it's done through peace and love and in a godly way so i can feel trusting of it and um, yeah and she wants to make it even and now she wants this is this is really a reflection of what your daughter needs to really look at and she might want to you might want to tell her to listen to this show because it'll air several times today uh and all week um <clears throat> 
She she needs, needs and now what she wants to do is exacerbate it and make it even worse by then cutting off her her communication with with uh, with her own mother, because you're not living up to what she thinks that you should be. It's that old thing that we've been, I've been saying for as long as I can remember being out in the public eye. When people say, if only you were more like me, then I wouldn't have to be unhappy with right now. If only you were seeing the world the way I see it, then I could be, you know, I wouldn't have to be so depressed or so upset. So people go around putting their upsetness uh, on, uh, you know, on, on the, rela- the reactions, the reflections that other people have in their lives. And once you explain to her that that I am just about you know I'm just about love I'm just about peace and it's not like it's not about choosing sides this isn't a war that we're involved here this is just an opportunity for all of us to live together in harmony and peace and kindness and joy rather than uh, in these other ways. Thank you, know? you so much for that wink. Yeah, how I feel how wars are started. It's yeah, absolutely, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think that your daughter needs to, uh, um, whatever, uh, what, whatever uh, unhappy words were uh, spoken between the, between the two of them. I think you, you, the best thing that your daughter could do was would be to uh, send some flowers or something to her sister-in-law, uh, and uh, and tell her that uh, you know that. Uh, I have, you know, I have a, a loving heart, and uh, I slipped back, and um, you know, I apologize for it. Uh, that's, that's the best wonderful. way to, yeah. She could, she could end all of that very, very quickly. Very quickly, just, that's right. I yeah, agree. she could end it all very quickly by just sending love to everyone, because whatever the problem is, you know, the solution is always in in having a loving heart. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.